everyone. Welcome to Real Talk Therapy, where two therapists chat about the world of mental health, the things we see, and what it's actually like to be on our side of the couch. I'm Kate. And I'm Nushin, and we are licensed therapists who specialize in eating disorders, but have opinions about so much more. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Real Talk Therapy. Kate and Nushin here. It's a beautiful fall day, and you guys should be hearing this the week of Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yay. I'm not going to lie. Thanksgiving is my one of my favorite holidays, which is funny working in the eating disorder field because it's everyone's like least favorite. But I love Thanksgiving because it's all about food. It's awesome. It's awesome. What is like one of your favorite Thanksgiving foods? Um, okay. So I have strong opinions about a lot of Thanksgiving foods. For example, the cranberry sauce has to be canned. Um, I also really love like sweet potatoes and sweet potato casserole. I don't love the marshmallows that people put on it sometimes, but I like it with like cinnamon and stuff. Turkey is like fine, but like only if you have a lot of cranberry sauce with it. I actually don't like turkey. Uh, love mashed potatoes. I have a really good pumpkin bread recipe from my mom. Huge fan of apple pie. Um, I love some good apps beforehand and some Savvy B. <laughs> Hopefully you'll get a glass of uh, Sauvignon Blanc this I Thanksgiving. <laughs> I know. Do you have a favorite? Um. Well, what I really love about Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was always um, the holiday I looked forward to as a child because we would go to um, my uncle's house in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area. And it was like all of our family and it was so wonderful. And all my cousins, my cousins from Rhode Island would usually come down as well. Um, unfortunately, over time that shifted and we don't do that anymore. But I always make like the green bean casserole, like the cream of mushroom one, which everybody always loves. But I think because I've made it so much and had so much, I like don't like it that much anymore. But I just like to have like very traditional. I do not like cranberry sauce. Sorry to say that. I'm not a big cranberry fan in general. Um, I just like some turkey, mashed potatoes, some gravy and corn. And I'm trying to think of the, I just like to mix it all up. Like, it's just so yummy, like all together. And I recently have been making like more Brussels sprouts, like Brussels sprouts with bacon and like roasting that with like some like balsamic. Although I hate cutting Brussels sprouts. It's like really, really annoying. Um, but yeah, no, Thanksgiving for me, I really enjoy it. But today we're talking about kind of like the shitty parts of the holiday season. So yes, we've started talking about Thanksgiving, but we're also talking about just like how this is the beginning of, I think, a lot of stress for people. Um, I mean, would you agree with that, Kate? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that we talked about this in other episodes that sometimes for folks, Halloween is the beginning of the stressors around the holidays. But I think on a more universal level, I think Thanksgiving is really when things start to ramp up. And I think part of it is the holiday itself. And we'll get into all the factors there. I think part of it is Black Friday the day after. And then I think, you know, you're a month out from Christmas and stuff. So I I think there's so many factors that play into Thanksgiving that just make it really hard for a lot of people. One of the things we did is we put on our social media. So if you're not following us yet, um, what is our handle for Instagram, Kate? Um, at Real Talk Therapy Pod. 
So our Instagram, we always have some lo- lots of fun stuff that we post. Kate's the one that's in charge of that. She does a really great job. Um, but we also will post questions before we record just to kind of get a little bit more of an interactive feel for our episode. So one of the things we posted this time was what stresses you out about the holiday season? Um, I don't know if I put holiday season or if I put Thanksgiving, but I'm pretty sure I put the holiday season. And the options were f- the food family, finances, or a combination. And surprisingly, 56% of people, I guess not surprisingly, but 56% of people said it was a combination of the three, the food, the family, and the finances. Um, 0% food, 33% family, and 11% finances were the specific ones that people chose. But if I was to like answer that question, I think for me, it would be a combo of family and finances. Like it can be a really stressful time of year trying to balance all the things. I, as you're talking about it, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm like the annoying person who like really does not get that stressed yet. This could change this year now that I'll have a baby, but like, I always have to temper myself this time of the year because I love Thanksgiving. Like I said, I love Christmas, I love decorating for Christmas. Um, because my family is in Massachusetts and my husband's family is here. We just like change the holiday each year where we go up. So there's really no conflict there. Um, financial stressors haven't hit yet. Um, so I just, I apologize to our listeners now, if you're like really struggling with the holidays already and I sound really happy. I'm I apologize because I know when I'm like stressed out and I hear someone happy about the thing I'm stressed about, I want to like punch them in the face. So I <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but I but I think Kate that the season of life that you're in, it makes a lot of sense for your stress level to feel different than say mine. Cause when I kind of think about think around the last 10 years. So my oldest daughter is nine, she'll be 10 in the spring. Like, I do think my stress level has increased over having, after having children, because not only, it's not just about you and your spouse anymore, it's also about the children. And so, and then your family starts to have children. And so that may be where more of the family finances kind of stressor comes into play. Cause it's like, okay, well, I'm not, don't just have to buy gifts for like my husband and my parents. It's, we have to get gifts for the kids. You have to get gifts for the nieces and nephews. Like my sister's birthday is this time of year as is mine. And so that's another factor because my birthday is feels different. It's December 27th for those of you that would like to know. It feels different because it's also, you know, it's two days after Christmas before New Year's. So I have this part of me that like, will I be remembered? You know, like, are people going to be able to come to the birthday things that like I want to do for myself? Because as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to organize this thing. And I'm not going to expect other people to do it for me, because this is something I want to do for my birthday. Um, So yeah, I think it makes complete sense that for you, it's like a season of joy. Because I think also when I was in that stage, it probably was, I was like, this is really exciting. There isn't a lot here, like that I have to kind of handle where I have both sets of family here. So my husband's family is here and my family is here. So there is a bit of that, I think, guilt that comes into play when it's like, okay, well, we, my husband and I have an agreement over what we do with Thanksgiving every year. We just alternate. But then it's like, you kind of feel bad that you're not seeing the other side or there might be messages sent where it's like, you should be seeing that other side. And so then you can feel really conflicted. And so um, 
the family part, like I can totally relate to for those that are out there. They're like, yeah, family is stressful, but it's not even, I think for probably a lot of people out there, it might not even be just a spending time with family. There's so much more there, right? Yeah. I was going to say that, you know, my husband and I are lucky that we both get along with our families of origin really well. So, you know, going up to mass for holidays or like when we go to the Cape in the summer, when we're with his family in Maryland, like there's really not a lot of drama. There's not, you know, a lot of childhood stuff being reenacted. And, you know, that's something that we work with a lot of our clients on around the holidays is that they're returning to their family of origin. And there's some dynamics that can be really difficult, if not, you know, downright traumatic. And I think that that can largely be a factor in the stress that people feel around the holidays. And you and I do a lot of work with helping our clients learn and understand maybe how they've been impacted and what they can do about it now, right? So a lot of the work we do is how can we set boundaries? Who do we want to spend time with versus who do we feel like we have to spend time with? And so when you're working with a client where it's like, yeah, my ex was really abusive, ex meaning like not ex-husband, but like this person in my life was really abusive to me. And now I have to see them every holiday. That is a really difficult conversation to have where it's like, is it helpful for you to go? Is this something you feel like you really have to do? Because you don't have to put yourself in that space. Um, And so I think that's one place where I like have so much empathy for my clients, where they really have these truly toxic people in their families and trying to help them figure out like, where can I set these boundaries? And where do I just like kind of let things be? And I, that awareness that people develop in therapy can be a beautiful thing. And I also think this is a great example of when sometimes ignorance can be bliss. You know, if you've never really thought of your childhood as having issues, and now you've been working on this stuff in therapy, it can be really hard to go home to see your parents or the sibling that you realize actually like has some issues of their own. And I I just think that that can be really difficult. And I think people, I have a lot of clients that tend to invalidate that as something impactful, I guess, because they're like, well, it wasn't that bad. My childhood wasn't that bad. Um, Other people have had it worse, but they're noticing their anxiety creeping up as the holiday gets closer. But I think those are really good points. I can't tell you how many people have come through our doors and they're like, oh, my family was great growing up. And then as we do the work, it's like, oh, wait a second. Like, this doesn't feel good to me. And I'm starting to really realize why maybe I am the way that I am or why maybe I cope the way that I cope and helping them understand that, you know, how can they best take care of themselves? And that might mean, I don't think we can come to Thanksgiving this year. And that's a really, really difficult discussion to have. And so, and if someone's not ready to have that, then they have to put themselves in a situation where they're now realizing, man, I don't feel good in this dynamic, but for now, like it's something I just need to be in and and cope with. And I know I'm seeing Kate next week and can be, can talk to her. Although this year, no one will be seeing Kate the week after Thanksgiving because she will have her lovely bundle of joy to be snuggling. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of clients that will continue to go see their families and stuff because 
it's a chance for their kids to see their cousins. And that's really important to them. And what I think is great about having that conversation in therapy about what to do is that you're really being more selective about your choices. Like it doesn't feel like you're being forced to go. You're choosing to go for this reason that is consistent with your values, i.e. the cousins in that relationship that the cousins all have. And I think that can, in some ways, alleviate some of the anxiety because we're taking away a little bit of the powerlessness. And then we're talking about what to do when mom says X or dad does Y. And we're really preparing for worst case scenarios so that when the worst case scenario doesn't happen, we can be pleasantly surprised and be okay. Mm -hmm. Some other reasons I think holidays can also be stressful. and and this might not specifically be like a family component, but for those of you that have children that are in school, like then you're like in the space where it's trying to figure out, all right, the kids are home. They're really excited about it, but it's like some people still work. Right. And so there is that stress. I know for me, um, so our children, the County that we live in and they go to school in, like they, over the years, the, the Thanksgiving week has continued to shrink and shrink. And so it used to be they just had maybe a half day the day before Thanksgiving and obviously Friday off. Over the past few years, it shifted to half days, like on the Monday, Tuesday, and now they're off Wednesday this year. I don't think they had that last year. But like as a working parent, I'm like, honestly, I would rather them just not have school. A half day is so much more disruptive than a full day, because at least with the full day, like there are lots of programs out there that offer camps that I could drop my kid off at this gymnastics place and pick them up later that day. But the half days, unless you've got like aftercare that you're already involved with, um, there's nothing you can do. And so there's like that stressor too, I think for parents that may not have a flexible schedule, they're not able to take time off and they're like, well, great. Now I've got to deal with like, how can I take care of our family? Because we have bills to pay but then also make sure my children are being taken care of. And I think that's like a difficult thing as well. Yeah, that sounds really stressful. It's um, something that I am glad that my husband works in the school system (laughs) because he will be on the same schedule as our children um, because it really is crazy. I feel like I'm always saying to my clients, I'm like, do your kids ever have school ever? And they're like, no. I'm like, <laughs> it definitely has changed since uh, I mean I grew up in the same county that I live in so it the system has changed. I mean there's lots of pros to it but there are lots of parts where it's like oh man like what are we going to do with this now and it's just trying to figure out a balance. And thankfully my husband and I have a flexible schedule and we can figure it out but I can't imagine what it's like for probably like 75% of people out there probably are not in that position. Um you know, Kate and I, obviously, we specialize in eating disorders. We talk about this all the time. And we started this discussion by talking about food and the foods that we love, right, that we love to eat. And we know that Thanksgiving is probably the most stressful holiday for those that have an eating disorder. We're going to be doing an episode on this a little bit later. I think we're going to be releasing it sometime in December. But there is that important thing, um, that important component to discuss here, too, is that the food can be a stressor for a lot of people. And I think the reason why 0% was put as food is because it's a combination for anyone that has food as a stressor. There's also going to be a family stressor or a financial stressor or whatever in, in conjunction with that. Um, 
because it also impacts your ability to connect and be present with your family when you're stressed about like, oh crap, is everybody going to be watching what I'm eating? Or am I allowed to have that second piece of apple pie because I love it? And my eating disorder is like, fuck no, you can't have that piece of apple pie because you didn't work out today. Yeah. And I think the same can be said for substance use as well in terms of impact on connection and being able to be present, whether it's your own substance use or that of your families, whether it's merely just using alcohol as like a coping skill, or we're talking you or someone you love struggling with addiction. You know, I think this is really where mental health stuff can be a focal point accidentally for a lot of people. Um, whether it's in terms of these more behavioral mental health things like eating disorders and substance abuse, um, anxiety, depression, attachment, trauma, you know, I think all of this stuff really can make people feel like they're in the spotlight or the spotlight is being shown on maybe some uglier parts of their family dynamics that they don't really want to look at or don't want to deal with, which is understandable. And I think that can make the holidays really hard too. Yeah. So I'm curious, Kate, like for you, when you have clients that you're working with that like are coming into you and they're like, I hate Thanksgiving. And these are the reasons why. What are some of the things maybe that you talk with them about or you work with them on to kind of help them get through these times? The first thing I do is validate whatever it is they're struggling with around the holidays, because I think given how our culture is like one big holiday bomb where it just like once Halloween hits, it's like in every store and every commercial and every podcast and every everything here we are doing an episode about it. You know, it's like, I think a lot of people can feel really alone when they are dreading the holiday season. And I always tell clients, you are not the first client today, or you won't be the first client, only client today that is struggling with the same thing. Um, so I really try to normalize it with them. You know, uh, as, you're, as you're talking about like the holidays, like kind of like exploding everywhere. So I'm not kidding you. So today is October 13th. All right. So we're releasing this in about five weeks. We got the Amazon holiday gift guide um, about a month ago, mid-September. This comes in our mailbox. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me right now? And of course, the age of my kids, nine and seven, they eat that shit up. They're like, give me a marker. I'm circling all the things I want. I'm seeing all the things they circle. And I have to remind them because one of them said like, oh, well, I'm getting this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You are asking for it. And just because you're asking for it does not mean you're getting it. The best part is my seven-year-old is like freaking obsessed with squishmallows. There was like one page <laughs> of squishmallows and i swear to god she circled every damn squishmallow and i was like girlfriend that is not happening you need to cross some of those things out but like this kind of goes back to some of the financial stuff too it's like having to budget and figure out who's getting what and how much is being spent and as your kids get older their gifts get more expensive um but I just had to share that the Amazon, I like Amazon, thank you, because it's helpful to get an idea. But like, why are you sending it in September? Like, that's just not necessary. It, it really, and honestly, like things are going to change in three months. So although they're circling all these things, I bet you in two months, they're not going to want half that shit. 
Like they're just not. So rant over. We're talking about how we support our people. <laughs> so you yeah. one of the things you do is to validate, which a hundred percent. Um, what are some other things you do to help your clients with these situations? So it, it'll, it'll depend a little bit on how much work we've done around whatever the issue is. So if we're talking about a client's issue with their dad, for example, and we've done a lot of work in recognizing the dynamic within the house growing up with dad's, let's say, anger, and they know now how that's impacted them. Maybe we've done some EMDR around it. The planning for seeing dad this Thanksgiving is going to look a lot different than someone who is maybe just starting to explore those dynamics and those issues. So for some people, it's, okay, what tools do we know we have in our toolkit to cope with this experience? For other people, we need to brainstorm more of the toolkit. We need to think about ways to engage supports. And that's something I'm always bringing in with clients because I think we work with a lot of women and I think, I don't know if it's all women or just our clientele, tend to think we just have to like do everything on our own. Um, And I'm always reminding them like, you know, you have a partner or like you have a best friend that you can call or a sister or a brother. And I'm always encouraging people to loop in their supports around this stuff so that you have someone to text to be like, oh my God, do you know what dad just said? Because it really sucks trying to do it on your own. And especially if you can't express your emotions in the moment, which is totally understandable, and you're pushing them down, you come home after and you just like explode in some capacity. So it's one of the few times where we might actually do a little bit of problem solving as opposed to just validating and exploring, like we really do try to come up with game plans and ideas for how to react or respond or who to lean on during certain situations. One of the um, things I think I do a lot with my clients too, specifically with an eating disorder or history of and around like meal times, it's having a conversation with one person that you know might be there. Um, so if it's like sister Jane and you can say, and Jane knows that you've got these things going on, you can say, Jane, can I sit next to you? Like, these are some things I'm really worried about. So really specifically reaching out to even one person at a family gathering that you feel can support you, whether it's a spouse or someone else, um, so that they can also reach out to you. Like you can say to them, look, like, can you just check in with me a few times? And so it's allowing someone to help you feel accountable and taking care of yourself because we can sit here and talk about setting boundaries all day long, but in the end, it's a really difficult thing to do. And sometimes we just do what we feel like we're quote unquote supposed to do and go to these family gatherings, regardless of how messed up the dynamic may be or how it might impact me. And so how can I still try to take care of myself? And make sure I have therapy set up like pretty close after that. I find that the week leading up to Thanksgiving is a lot of anxiety, a lot of prep work. Thanksgiving hits. And the week after, we're doing a lot of debriefs. And I will say for a lot of my clients, and Nushin, maybe you find this too, it doesn't usually go as bad as people think it will. And I always remind my clients, and I got this from my therapist, so I can't, you know, coin it as my own. But we have these parts of us that catastrophize for a reason. And we don't want to have our catastrophizing parts totally take over and make us so anxious that we can't do anything. 
But these parts really believe that if we go to that worst case scenario, then we'll be prepared for it. And honestly, I've had clients be like, I went to the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario happened, and I could handle it because I've been thinking about it. And so I, I find that for the majority of our clients, things don't go quite as bad as they thought. And again, if it does, they've prepped for it. And I think it's a really great lesson for them on what they're capable of handling. Mm-hmm. What do you think about like social media during this time? Blah. Oh God. <laughs> he just gave a nice little eye roll along with her blah. <laughs> so, okay. I think social media can be good in small doses because I, I do think it can be a way, especially for moms. And I think that's just because that's what my algorithm is at right now. I think it can be a really good way for moms to get some validation for how hard it is to be a mom around the holidays and to have a lot of that mental load of planning and getting gifts and figuring out what you're cooking and what time to be there. I think that there's a lot that can be validating and get off, get off social media, (laughs) like be (laughs) present with your family. And if you don't want to be present with your family, get off social media and do something else. Because I just really find that the clients of mine that spend hours on social media, whether they're adolescent or adult, their anxiety is higher. So allow yourself some time to like catch up on things, see what's going on in the Bravo blogs, get some validation from the mom reels and stuff, and then like go do something else because it really is not going to be helpful if you are spending even like 30 plus minutes scrolling because you're going to end up feeling guilty about something. You're going to end up feeling like a failure and, and you're just, you're disconnected from everything around you. Yeah. I mean, I think for me too, as you're talking about this, it's, and, and you said this, this already, just like this guilt that you might feel. I mean, we all know that people only post things that they want others to see. And so you're going to see the quintessential like, oh, look at our fall family photos. We're all smiling or look at our beautiful Thanksgiving spread or look at like how wonderful we're all getting along playing this game. But we have to remind ourselves that it's not 100% of the story. And it's wonderful that people are having those experiences. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But if you are someone that tends to feel guilty or feel shame that maybe you're not doing the things they should be done, or my family isn't the way that it is, or you just know things are toxic and no matter what you see, you're going to feel bad. Just make that choice to remove yourself from that. Like you can do that and it might be hard. And if that is hard, that's a separate issue. Like, is there some sort of, you know, maybe some addiction going on there with the technology and that's a whole nother conversation, but like make the choice even just for a day or two to maybe limit that intake maybe do it with someone as a support. So maybe you and your husband or spouse or whatever, friend or sibling, maybe you look at stuff together. So that person can also like kind of call you out on the stuff that you might be thinking you're not doing well enough. Yeah, because it's just, you know, we've been talking this whole episode about all the different reasons why the holidays are stressful. Let's not add a self-imposed stressor with social media. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we have, we don't, we have control over that for sure. And you have control over muting people. Like if you know that there are people and when they, every time they post that it just feels shitty to you, right click or whatever, click the dots and say mute or remove from feed for 30 days or snooze so that you don't have to put yourself in that position and start following people that maybe have more of a realistic 
view on things or give like better tips, et cetera, on ha- how to handle things like real talk therapy pod. <laughs> um, I think I, I know we've, we've kind of gone a little bit like back and forth on some things, but with um, other ways of like how to support yourself through the holiday season or others around you. I mean, movement can be really helpful too, or even no movement. Like you don't have to go out there and go for a run or go for a walk if that's not something you want to do. But sometimes just going for a short walk, listening to something or not listening to something can be really good for your soul. It can feel really grounding. Um, Noticing the things around you, like being aware of your surroundings can feel really grounding. So just making sure you're doing small things here and there to help you feel better. Yeah. And and I think if like, this is weather dependent, obviously, but if you can get outside, I think that can be really helpful. And maybe it's just sitting on your back deck because movement isn't feasible at the moment. Uh, You're in recovery from an eating disorder and your team tells you you can't do it. You just don't feel like it. You don't need an excuse. But I just do think that getting outside, especially when it's like chillier, I don't know, maybe it's like the Bostonian in me. It's just like, there's something very rejuvenating about getting outside and taking some deep breaths and noticing the world around you and then going back inside to the chaos. (laughs) Absolutely. All the chaos. And for those of you that are, you know, sober and and not, you know, drinking, um, and we know that alcohol is pretty big this time of year. Maybe it's something you bring for yourself. Like you could bring yourself your favorite cup of tea or tea bags. Um, there's mocktails. Mocktails. Oh my gosh! I was just gonna say. I know that there are so many companies out there that are providing, you know, non-alcoholic beverages that are delicious. And I know, Kate, you've had some throughout your pregnancy that you've loved. We were trying yeah. to figure out a way to partner with them, but we couldn't figure. They didn't it. answer. They didn't answer. So mingle mocktails. If you're listening. I tried to get you to sponsor this, but you didn't answer me. Um, but guys, for real, Mingle has really great canned mocktails. Um, they have like a cranberry Cosmo, although you wouldn't like that because you don't like cranberry. Um, they have a key lime margarita that I can't find it anywhere. And I'm dying to find it because I love margaritas. Um, they have mojitos. They've got Bellinis. And they're all alcohol free. Um, and they're they're decently priced too. Sometimes mocktails can be like even more expensive than a cocktail, which like bugs the shit out of me. Um, but I, I definitely recommend if you're sober or you just don't feel like drinking or whatever, bring your own mocktails. Cause there's some really good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. I know whenever you talk about it, I'm like, mm, that sounds delicious. I would love that. Um, is there anything else you can think of Kate when it comes to just stressors around the holidays, how to handle it, et cetera? Mm, I think the biggest thing is knowing that you're not alone, that a lot of people really struggle with the holidays and to give yourself some compassion to not handle everything perfectly because you're not going to, and that's okay. It really just matters sort of what you do about that and how you're able to recover and move on. And there's also no such thing of handling things perfectly. So if you're putting that expectation on yourself, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And that's what therapists are great for to help you figure out. So. If you have a therapist, just make sure you're tapping into them throughout the season. If you don't and you feel like it'd be helpful, feel free to reach out to us. We can help you find some resources. Um, But yeah, it's 
we we know and we get it that it's a stressful time of year, but, it's, but it can also be a wonderful time of year, right? Making sure you surround yourself with people when you can that you enjoy spending time with, or maybe you spend some alone time for yourself because that's what you need. I know that's something that I need from time to time. Um, and making sure that you are reaching out to your supports and asking questions of those that, you know, you're going to be around where you want to make sure it is the, maybe the easiest experience it can be. So even if it's like, okay, we're all going to Aunt Susie's for dinner, for Thanksgiving dinner, it's asking how you can contribute. Are there any expectations so that you don't show up and feel like you could have done something different? You know, and one thing too, as you were talking, Nushin, that came to mind is a lot of what we're talking about is almost like damage control a little bit. Like we're prepping for these terrible scenarios. But I think one thing that can be really helpful is being proactive with the ways that you're going to rejuvenate yourself. So if, you know, Thanksgiving is tough, but you really love like Christmas lights, there's so many different like parks that have like low cost things where you can like drive your car through and they've got all these sick lights up and stuff. So maybe it's like you plan that for the Saturday after Thanksgiving because you know that that will make you feel good. So I think not only are we preparing for some negativity, but I think it's also about embracing the ways in which you can find something positive in this season, whether it's through the people you're with or the things that you do and being really intentional about where you're kind of plugging that in. Mm -hmm. And when we do those things, it fills our cup and it allows us to handle the stress a bit more effectively. So great tip. I love the light displays. There's a new one by our house that um, started last year. So I think we're going to go do that this year. It's like a walking one, but it's like a mile or something. But I've heard like amazing things. So have you ever done the one in Nats Park in D.C.? No. Oh, my God. That's too far. No phone is because there. (laughs) Oh, I did it. Did I live in D.C. at the time? I can't remember if I lived there or if I moved out already. Oh, my God. Is it amazing? So if anyone's listening in the DMV area. It is worth it to go to Nats Park and make the trek because it's so cool. Is it just like a walk? Like you walk around the park? Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, but it's like a, it's like technically a maze. Oh yeah, I did hear about that. Hanging down and like all this stuff, and they have good food and drinks. Oh, it was so cool. Oh, that does sound neat. Maybe we'll do that this year. We'll see. Um. Well, I just wanted to let everybody know our next episode, which it's like perfect timing, is just about social media and why it sucks. (laughs) I think that's just going to be myself and a special guest. So this might be our last episode with Kate on um, before she goes out on leave. So Kate, wishing you the best of luck. I can't wait to meet the little muffin. And then we'll have Kate back um, probably sometime in January to start recording some episodes. So you'll be stuck with me guys for the next few months, but we have a lot of guests and a lot of fun topics planned. Um, Next one being social media and why we hate it. But, you know, there can also be some good, some good to social media. I'm sad I'm missing that. I have so many opinions about it. (laughs) Maybe you can call in. Love a call-in guest. <laughs> no, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> um, Kate, do you mind sharing all of our fun social media and ways to contact us? Let us know what you want us to talk about, guys. We, I mean, we have lots of things, but we also want to hear from you. Yeah. So on Instagram, we're at Real Talk Therapy Pod. We are on Facebook at um, 
Real Talk Therapy Podcast. And our website is realtalktherapypodcast.com. So I try to update there every once in a while with resources for you guys. Um, Same with our Instagram. So definitely follow us. Make sure you like our podcast and give us good reviews. Yeah, we love the reviews. I always get so happy when I see the reviews and and things that people say. It really helps us to like move forward and keep making these episodes because we love recording them, but we also want to make sure you guys love listening too. So thank you in advance if you choose to review us. Yeah. All right, Kate, we will have you back on in a few months then. Sounds good. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.